Welcome to the Haunted Hacker uh, podcast, episode three, I think, for January so far. We're burning through the episodes. Um, today, we have my good friend, Jane Franklin. Um, she's been on the show before. Jane, it's a pleasure to have you uh, on the show again. Um, so for the people who didn't catch the first episode with you on it, give a brief background of who you are and, and kind of what you do, and we'll go from there. Yeah, cheers, Mike. I'm so happy to be here. Um, yeah, my name's Jane. I've been in cybersecurity for over 25 years. Um, I came into cybersecurity. I didn't come in from a tech background. I actually came in from a art and design background. Um, I came into technology, into cyber by building my own penetration testing company. So I did that in 1997, uh, worked that business, owned it for about 13 years, sold it, then went and worked for a, a few um, companies in an executive position. And since probably about 2014, I've really been out there helping entrepreneurs to grow and scale their businesses. And then also companies to get more women into cybersecurity and, and remain in it. And then women to really evolve in cybersecurity so they are stronger and more resilient and they can stay in this wonderful market for as long as they want. And in addition to all those things, I'm a judge. I judge um, lots of different awards all around the world, some in cyber, some in tech, some in literature. And I've got my own business. So I'm a business owner. I've got this platform, which is just for women at the moment. It's called The Source. And um, yeah, that's, you know, I, I do scholarships as well. You know, I, I, I sit on some boards. We're going to speak about one of them today. And um, I've donated about 300, 352 scholarships to women over the past three or so years. And that's about half a million US dollars, the value of about half a million dollars. That is pretty amazing. And that the, the, the cause that you do that for is so... I guess foundational for what what cybersecurity should be, and it's a far fetch from where we started, um, but I think we've come a long way in just a short period of time. Yeah, we've got so much more work to do, though. I mean, it's yeah, just you know, both know it, and um, yeah, there's so much more. It's it's amazing, but there's so much more work to do, and the world really needs us to do this work. So I'm big on the planet. Talk a lot about it, although I do all this work for women. Really, it's about the planet. So I want a safer, happier, and more prosperous world. And the planet desperately needs us to do this work. So we become safer, happier, and more prosperous. To totally agree. I, I remember coming back to the States after spending time in, in the UK and coming back to a country that I didn't even recognize. Um, post, post uh, you know, the whole pandemic and, and the chaos that broke out in the capital of the US, just... It seems like the whole world is yeah. taking a yeah. societal yeah. downfall. Yeah, it's yeah, it absolutely, and it's cyclical as well. You know, I've been I've been reading about this. I'm reading one book at the moment, actually, which looks at all of this, especially in the in America, about 500 years worth of history, actually, and um, they look at the cycles that we go through. So, and how there, how there can be this predictability, you know, so we can have this regeneration and this regeneration and maintenance and then death, you know, so right now, certainly according to this particular book, you know, we're in the winter season where we're, we're kind of decaying and dying and, and what typically happens, you know, the pattern that typically happens is that we will go into war 
and then everything is just grill, built from the from the ground up. Things are sorted out. Those big problems that we have are sorted out. And what's what's also interesting, I think, about this time as well. You know, I do a lot of work on this whole like women in and diversity and and so on. But in times of peace, we have more division. You know, which is ironic. You know, and it's I mean, it's it's the polarity of of things and. And that's, I think, really where we are now. And I think particularly right now, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent, but particularly right now with the backlash towards the Me Too movement, you know, and all of this uh, toxic masculinity um, talk, you know, the, you know, what it means to be a man, like how can men, you know, in our industry, how, how can they do well how can all people do well you know how can we thrive together and how can people not be afraid and one of the things that I've re- that's recently come out actually and I was quoted in a in a journal very recently literally just the other day was to do with some of the work because I'll do some research as well some of the work on on harassment you know what has happened and it, it's called on some some bits of my work through the insecurity movement which followed on from my book um, and also conversations with with other women about the situation. So, yeah, I find it I find it really interesting. I love doing research, and I love patterns and trends. And and certainly in this industry, you know, you, it's constant, isn't it? You know, whether we're looking at that or whether we're looking at attacks and threats. Right. I mean, this whole industry is based on trends and 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 things that we collaborate and correlate together. And yeah. I think that, you know, looking at history, you talked about cycles. One uh, documentary that I watched not too long ago really talked about um, empires and how empires are built in the life cycle of, a, of an empire. And they say that it has been throughout history about 253, 254 years life cycle for an empire. And all of those empires that have built up over those 253 years normally implode on themselves. Yes. So it's I normally a, an internal issue. And it, and it seems like every country in the world right now, there's some sort of internal conflict in every country yes is it yeah absolutely things are breaking down you know which actually is you know it's it's i think it's kind of exciting 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 as well but you know it's kind of i think it's more exciting you know it's just like great excellent that those horrible ways of working that were functional and served a purpose are now going and there's a bit of a revolt you know this is like basic evolution isn't it i mean that's how i see it and i do I do find it exciting. I also find it deeply, deeply worrying. You know, as a mother of of three, I say three kids, but they're young adults. So it's just like this is where they are in the world. You know, and other other young people. I work a lot with young people, and it's I love that work because they're largely un, untainted. You know, they're they're not not that we're broken, but we've gone through more of life. So there's the roller coaster of life. And and some of those will have gone through a bit of a roller coaster already, but maybe not to the extent as some of us older folk. And yeah, so it, I I do I think it's you know when you stop and think about what is going on, it it is deeply concerning. It really is deeply concerning at the moment. That that and all the health issues, and and you know we just went through a pandemic. It just seems like the world is trying to cleanse itself. And one uh, prediction I heard last year that I was really hoping would come true this year was we're on the precipice of, a, of an awakening of sorts, yeah. like a spiritual yeah. awakening. Absolutely. And to me, that's exciting because what we're in right now is not fun. And I, I would I would welcome that type of awakening for sure. 
we're, we're in the age of Aquarius. You know, we've moved from the age of, of Pisces. So, yeah, absolutely. And there's an awakening. There's more spirituality. You know, it, again, like interesting looking at, you know, some of the trends in terms of Christianity and, and so on. But there's there's so much more spirit spirituality. And and that is great. And, and we need more of that because we need more love in the world. We need more compassion in, in the world, right. you know, and and then we just become it just becomes a, a safer, happier, better planet. You know, yeah, we, so, yeah we, we both do a lot of work for and with kids and uh, yeah. some of the stuff that, that I really enjoy, they, they have such an honest view of the world and such an unjaded, unbiased view. Yeah. And when I was working with a, a production company, we just we did a, a short documentary for Euronews about kids and gaming. And it was so interesting to watch the, the compiled version after I did my little segment here in the U.S., and listen to the kids talk about gaming and, and what it meant to them and, and how it felt for people to attack them and steal their stuff. But they have such an honest vision of themselves and the world around them. Some of them, some of them yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's the, the kids are the kids bring so much joy and it's so wonderful. I mean, we, you know, I initially was talking about diversity, but you know, it doesn't have to be just like gender or ethnicity. Right. It's, it's age as well, you know, getting these young people to come into our industry and remain in it and, and contribute and as listen to them, you know, is just so exciting. I've done quite a bit of work with trainees and interns. You know, I did that last last year, like from 17, 18 year old guys, you know, to 20 something year old like women. It was incredible. It was so good. It was really great to have them come work with me. Yeah, and they have such a genuine vision of, of what they're seeing in cybersecurity too, because they've never seen it before. There's no influence that's that's yeah. making them think in a specific way. And we have an internship at, at the company I work for, and we have quite a few interns. And I've seen guys go from, you know, guys and girls go from baristas at Starbucks to a level three SOC analyst or a level yeah. two SOC analyst. Yeah. And, to, and to me, that's, it's fulfilling for me because I get to watch it happen. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool to see someone progress like that. And I think, you know, it all kind of kind of ties into our original topic of diversity. But I, like you said, it doesn't have to be male and female. It could be ethnicities. It could be, you know, different things. It doesn't have to be just male and female. And I think a lot of people get so tuned into just that and they pick a side or they, they pick a, a viewpoint. Yeah. But what they what they're missing is the whole picture of diversity. Well, this absolutely, and often diversity has come just to mean women, mm-hmm. you know, it hasn't. It? And um, yeah, so there's, yeah, it, it, the perspective that we 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 see things through is is really important, and that's why the more specific you can be with your communication, your language, um, the better. And I, I I know I work really really hard. You know, it's just like I'll when I'm creating content or speaking at events, you know, I, I really am very conscious of the words that I'm using. Uh, one, so I'm not offending. And two, also, so I'm including as many people into the conversation as possible so that we can, we can grow and we can do better, you know, because communication is not just about talking, it's about listening too. I think the majority of communication is listening. I think that's where a lot of people fail. But the, the diversity and, and just, you know, speaking and, and, you know, being on a public platform, I find myself having to like really focus on the words I say, not the meaning behind them, 
but just the way that they come out. Um, I don't have probably the level of social etiquette that most people have um, based on the fact that I was a huge introvert for such a long time. But I, I mentally have to take note and think about what I say before I say it, because there are so many sensitivities and, and I understand yeah. I'm empathetic to it. Um, but then there's also people who fight that that diversity as well, who have loud voices and, yeah. you know, say yeah. things or, or cause issues where there aren't issues. And Absolutely. I think yeah. that plays into the whole uh, cancel culture as well. And a lot of there's Absolutely. a lot of fear in yeah. public public Absolutely. speakers about being canceled. Um, yeah. over something they've said or having a conference and not not bringing in a, a diverse group of speakers. Um, and I've seen that happen in real time. And it, it's, it's, pain, it's painful to watch. It really is. You know, I certainly in my company, we say no blame, no shame, just better business. Exactly. You know, it's just like, can we not be, you know, you, there, there's a saying, you get what you tolerate. And I do right. agree with that. But also, I very, very much believe that you know, we have to not shame and not blame and better, better educate. You know, when we can bring people with us, you know, rather than just go on the attack, which is what some of us do in this industry. You know, the culture, you know, can be attack, attack, attack and bringing it down. And it's horrible. You know, it, it really, is. really is toxic to be around, you know. And I've, I've had times, you know, particularly last year where I just thought, you know what, I just... I can't, I can't stand this actually any longer. I just, it, it's so, it, it's, it just feels, you know, so toxic. I just it's don't want to be around. It's physically consuming. Like, it is. It, it is. And the negativity yeah. and the, the, just the, the animosity. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's almost like the Matilda effect, you know, I'm big, you're small. And right. they're all our book, you know, and it's just like, I'm right, you're wrong. You know, I was always saying this to my kids, you know, I'm big, you're small, I'm right, I'm wrong. I, I'm right, you're wrong. And it's kind of like that. It's right. this, you know, some some deep insecurity there and it's an intolerance and 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 people not able to listen or understand or see things from another perspective. There are better ways to communicate and bring people with us rather than shaming and down on you and you're doing it wrong or look at you and I'm so much better and that I cannot, I cannot abide. And I just want to remove myself from that energy. You know, you were speaking about communication a few minutes ago. There's so much energy. That energy is, is, is toxic. And we really need, in my opinion, to, to do better with that, to be more welcoming, to be more understanding, um, to help people so much more than, than we are doing. We can do a better job of this. Oh, yeah. And and one of the things that, that I keep telling myself over the years is I'm trying to leave the world in a better place than where I left it. Um, yeah. And I think part of that is just being able to listen to people and communicate and, and learn people's stories um, just so I just so I know the path that they came down and because that path makes them who they are. Um, and when you talk about, you know, the the harassment, you know, I think that you and I actually bonded over a harassment attack that I was going through. Um, and some of the negative negativity that was flying around. And to be honest, like it really is taxing because you can't help but look at it, but yeah. it's so hard not to play into the game. Absolutely. And yeah. the, the, the best lesson I learned in, in that whole process was if you feed a monster food, they're going to grow yeah. bigger. So if yeah. you quit feeding them and you, and you ignore their existence, they don't exist. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's hard, but, but yeah. as adults, we shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't be harassing people and putting people down because the kids, we, we want to protect the kids, but yeah. how can we expect kids not to do it? when we have full grown adults doing it publicly. Well, this is uh, role models, effectively role models. And it comes from all types of people. I mean, I've, I've been trolled. Um, you know, I've been physically, allegedly physically assaulted. And I say allegedly because, you know, it's, it's just my word against, you know, this right. person, even though I had my witnesses and he had his witnesses, you know, they didn't match. So it has to be an alleged physical assault. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so, yeah, we do have to be really careful. We have to be careful and we have to be the role models. You know, exactly. we have to, we have to, and you know, what I've seen sometimes online is I've seen really good people, people who are my friends, you know, and I know them to be really good people sometimes get caught up in that culture of I'm right, you're wrong. And I'm just going to squash you and I'm going to call you names and I'm going to be really unpleasant. And it's just really disappointing. It is. And, it, and it, when people do that to me, when they harass me like that, I have to think to myself, okay, I must be doing something right. If someone is spending that much time thinking about me or what I'm saying. So obviously I've, I've triggered some sort of, some sort of event in their mind, yeah. but the fact is they're listening. They're listening to what you're saying. And if we keep giving off positive messages like you do, yeah. then hopefully that thinking will change. I'm crossing my fingers, hoping that helps, but it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. It's one drop in the ocean, isn't it? If we all, all the domino effect or the butterfly effect, you know, whatever you, you know, you, you want to use, but essentially I believe the same thing. It's just, I will not join, you know, I can make a change. One person, I remember someone saying to me, I was delivering a, a talk, um, at the EU actually and um, and he said to me something like who are you to make a change in this and um, wow. and I kind of thought you know I listened to him and thought yeah okay I, I get what you're saying you know I'm not a big company you know or, or anything like that and yeah I'm sure if I was a, a, a great big a brand name you know we can think of all of, all of them I won't say any of them but if I was a a huge brand name and I put this bit of research out and I was talking about this then yeah a lot of people would take notice but one person can make a huge difference it didn't stop me you know uh, it didn't stop me and then I think of people like you know Greta Thunberg you know with her her climate action and and like what a remarkable like incredible role model that she is and how sad it is that she had to do that felt compelled to do that from being a child you know all the way through but just the difference that she has made is is incredible like hats off so so anyone can make a difference you know whether it's on that scale or whether it's simply by making a stand and doing the right thing yeah i i believe that wholeheartedly i think that even you know to make a change even to bring somebody back up from from being bullied or harassed and be there yeah. for them and try try to help them clean up the mess that means yeah. more to that person than what you could probably understand because that tells them that there's somebody there and are good people but a lot of the time i see people getting harassed or bullied online and then people scatter because they don't want to get wrapped up into it well but at the same time they, they they feel bad for their friends so i i feel like somehow we need to lead by example but also 
stop that when it starts happening. Well, this is it. And there are things that you can do. And I know I had that when I was being trolled. I mean, people were messaging me privately saying they wanted to help. You know, was I okay? They wanted to help, but they feared for their jobs. They feared for whatever reason, and they couldn't put themselves out there publicly. Or, you know, I had one case where one person did through their company and their lawyer actually advised them not to, you know, so they, yeah, absolutely. So, and that's all, that's all fine. But equally, I think there needs to be a body of people there who can support and can do, do something to help that individual publicly. I mean, I did have people who, who would do that as well. You know, I, I called it called cavalry. So there was a hashtag called cavalry. And a few of us agreed that if we were in trouble, you could just put the hashtag out there called cavalry and we would all come in to support the person who was who was being trolled. You know, and equally, if you are being trolled um, you know, by someone and they are representing a company, then you can always, you know, and their behavior is is intolerable and then you can always inform the company and, and take screenshots and things like that. You know, I know I've done that. I did that once before and I know other people have done that on my behalf. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, yeah, because that's doing, that's actually doing the right thing, that behavior. And it doesn't mean to say that they have to lose their jobs. Right. It just means to say that they need to be taught that that type of behavior is not acceptable. That's not right. the way to, to go about, about, about it. I explained to the CEO of that company as well, too, that this person was doing this action on company time, on company assets. So yeah. he's representing your company by doing this. Do you really want that type of image to be floating around? So this is up. And it, that tune changed really quick. Yeah. Um, but things like that, going through the right channels, trying to get blowing stopped is, is definitely, you know, one way to go about it. But I think the way that you do it is much more precise and much more impactful. And that's by going around and speaking and being an advocate for people. And just recently, I saw you um, on videos from Black Hat. And yeah. I definitely want to dive into that because I didn't really dive into the conversations that you had with them. I just saw that you were there and I thought, how cool. Jane is actually covering Black Hat from the floor. So tell me about that, that experience yeah. and that process. Yeah, so, so I sit on the um, board, the advisory board for Black Hat. Um, executive um, summit so in in Europe and I've done that for a, a few years so as part of that for the last like three or four years I've, I've partnered with them as well so in in addition to like sorting out the the event I've partnered with them and got women to to the event so under a, a women's scholarship award I've done that in the EU I've done it in Saudi Arabia and I've done it in in Asia as well and and so there I was a black hat, you know, going in, you know, to really have a look around to see what it was like and to meet some of the scholarship winners. And it was great. It was really good. And I kind of do this in a ghetto way. So it's very, very ghetto. It's very not polished. It's like, here I am. Um, you know, I'm a bit I am a bit crazy. Like the more authentic me is not necessarily I can be so polished and everything like that. But like. I can also be like completely crazy, you know, ex-art student, like here I am, let's just have some fun here and let's enjoy it. So it was just so great because the scholarship winners that, that I met were just so like they were on cloud 10, you know, mm -hmm. um, and they were just like 
so full of happiness and joy and excitement and so energized. And I was there just speaking to them. It's like, what do you think of, of Black Hat? This is your first time at, at Black Hat Europe. You know, some were new to the industry. So they'd made a transition and from a different career. And so I was hearing from them, you know, what are your thoughts? You know, how did you find it? Um, as well as some really experienced, um, you know, women, because I was talking to, to women on those on those videos, you know, as to how they they found it. So, yeah, I mean, the, the feedback was uh, it's great to be here. It's welcoming. You know, for me as a woman, it's really welcoming. Um, I didn't feel out of place at all. The talks were amazing. It was so good to connect with people again. You know, so they, they were the, the bulk of them. So and there was just so much excitement, so much energy and uplift. And, you know, when I've when I've done the insecurity scholarships before. So these are people who can't afford to go, you know, for whatever reason. Um, and that's, that's just so wonderful because it just makes makes that few days. Um, it, they, many of them will say it's life changing. And literally those are the words that they will use. This has been life changing. And that's across all levels as well, not just entry level or mid level. It's leader level as well. You know, so this has been life changing. And so it was great because I've not always been able to be there. You know, we've had COVID, you know, for right. a couple of years. And then sometimes I'm off speaking at, at another event. So I've not been able to meet my um, scholarship winners and, and have a good look around. So this this year it was great, even though I didn't have much time with them, but to actually meet them and, and see old friends. I mean, that's what it's that's what it's about, isn't it? It's just like, yeah, listening to great talks, but mo mostly for me, I'm a people person. So it's just like catching up with people you might not have seen for years, or maybe you've not even met them in person. You know, so it's just like, oh, my God, it's so amazing to meet you. It's like wonderful. Like, how are you doing? What's happening? Where are you working? Oh, you're still there, you know, and like what's going on? So, yeah, it was really good. I think the last Black Hat I went to in, in London was at the convention center. I can't remember which convention center it was, but it was a couple of years ago. Islington. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it, it was a it was a really cool experience. The, the the Black Hat briefings in Europe as opposed to the U.S. is a little bit different. Mm. Um I like the environment and, and the feel yeah. and the vibe of the Black Hat Europe. Um, and I, I've decided to start getting away from DEF CON and some of the other groups, uh, some yeah. of the other conferences, strictly focusing on the more professional stuff. Um, and that goes back to the whole trolling thing and, and yeah. some of the stuff that goes on at those conferences. I just want to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Black, Hat, Black Hat, I don't think I've ever seen any issues with Black Hat, even in the U.S. And, and I may be wrong. There may have been issues in the past, but I've never experienced it. And people I know haven't. So if someone wanted to help you give these scholarships to women for Black Hat next year, how would they go about giving you donations or providing support? How would they do that? Yeah, well, I mean, they can come and speak to me. So they can just like find me on, on LinkedIn, um, Jane Franklin, you know, all over social, just like with that handle, I keep it really simple. They can contact me via my website. So there's a contact contact form there, fill it in, tell me, you know, what they want to speak to me about and book a meeting. It's literally that that simple. And then we can go through it. So yeah. And you know, the other thing that they can help with is just by spreading the word. So 
which women do you know? Because it is an application process. Right. And, you know, I usually get hundreds of, of women applying. So it's just like spread, spread the word, you know, spread the word on it. And, you know, if, if there are people contributing to that, you know, to, to helping with the numbers, um, then that's absolutely fantastic because it just means that we can get more women, you know, through and, and participating in, in the event. Exactly. And so I, I run a nonprofit called Hackers for Vets, and we mm. just gave away our first $10,000 award to a veteran uh, in December. Actually, I think like a couple of days before Christmas. The reason why I say that is because I'd like to help you out next year. And maybe if you can get a couple of candidates that are females and veterans, I would absolutely love to help finance that. That would be amazing. That would be that would be amazing. Yeah, let's do it. So sign me up. I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, cool. I will. <laughs> so along that same line, um, you know, the whole women in cyber and, and where we are at as an industry, you know, looking back to, to when I first got into security before it was even really security, we didn't have many women. We didn't have many uh, men that were under the age of 50. I mean, it was all bearded guys sitting behind a Linux console and, and it was pretty much a sealed deal. Like yeah. they had the keys of the kingdom and they were not sharing with anybody else because that was job security. Yeah. Um, but I think it's an industry we, we've come a pretty far away from that. However, I have seen the negative things kind of amplified over time. Um, yeah. And there's still, it feels like we make some progress, but then we get pushed back a couple steps by someone's actions or, or someone respectable and, and doing something out of color uh, that makes us all stop and think about, wait a minute, I thought we were on the right path, maybe not. Um, what is your overall feeling about where you saw the industry when you first got into it as opposed to now and, and what do you think desperately needs the most change? Yeah, so when I when I came in, you know, it literally was, in fact, I didn't really realize there was a problem, you know, with a lack of women until I think someone pointed it out to me, you know, and, and um, but it was so rare. I mean, literally to meet, to have a, to engage with a woman you know, it was so rare. I, I do remember once having a, a female client and it was just like, wow, that's really unusual. I mean, literally, it was so, so rare, but it was just normal. You were getting on with business and you were just getting on with, with the job. And and interestingly, so from a media perspective, they weren't big on it at all. They just wanted a spokesperson. So if that happened to be you, then that's absolutely fine. They just didn't make a song and a dance about it. So in some ways there was more equity you know, in, in that respect, you know, from a media perspective, spokesperson, um, visibility, um, then there is, is now there's a bit more division or concentration or focus on it, which can divide and alienate and, and, and induce fear. Um, but yeah, there were hardly any at all. It was so, it was so incredibly rare to meet another woman um, in the industry. Now it's, it's much more common there's more visibility, even though the numbers are low, you know, and there are different, there are different um, percentages, you know, so different reports on the percentages of, of women in the industry, depending on what area you're from. So in the UK, I think it's anywhere between 19% and 22%. Still low. Um, 
it's still it's still really low um but it's it's a solid report and i do kind of like believe those figures and then obviously if we look at the us then you've got other reports there it could be as high as as 25 25% so it really depends on on your location but now there are more women uh we are more visible and um but there's still so much more work that needs to be done and what i particularly last year i got really tired and frustrated frustration comes from commitment um i got really tired and, and frustrated of the lack of progress so yes we're going to do this or no we're not we'll do it next year or uh just the the inactivity or uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna do this but we'll get a woman speaker in to come speak to our our community or company or we'll set up a women's network and it was just so frustrating that there was just such a lack of action and focus on it and i do understand that there's enough to do you know without this on top as well but it's so important and it needs to be woven woven in you know it's a really important uh, problem that we need to solve because it just means that we can do better you know it's not that women are better than men it's just that when we have more diversity in all its forms in our companies we innovate better we we don't consume you know as many meetings we stay on budget all of these things so we make better decisions and it's just higher quality all around and although there can be a rub at times because it can be difficult you know we just do better work you know so and and that's what we need to do you know we we're being bombarded by attacks you know our adversaries are way ahead of us so we do need to up our game and that is one one way that we can do that so it is that's where i was last year really tired uh close to burnout and like the top word of the of the year i think that's just everyone's talking about Everyone. burnout they're so really really close and really frustrated and uh, about the lack of real progress it was almost like a tick box you know like compliance you know right. we have best practice and we have compliance don't we and and we want we want to tick all of the boxes we want to be do, we want to be best practice and be able to tick the compliance boxes as well. And that's how I see it with this. You know, it shouldn't be a compliance ticking exercise. It should be, you know, we we need to do it for all of, all of these reasons because we actually have a safer, happier, and more prosperous world, planet. And our planet needs us to do that right now. Oh, I totally agree. I think that, you know, you brought up a, a, a interesting point about burnout and and, you know, people being frustrated with, the lack of change and progress. Um, so I started thinking about this not too long ago, you know, during the pandemic and, and looking at the way people were reacting psychologically and, and socially during and after the pandemic and, and how their views of what went on around them changed. And yeah. I, I have to think that a lot of the stuff, the negativity that we see in the industry, mm. it's not really industry specific but these are people who are dealing with that, with outside influences. And I think as a whole, especially as an American, you know, living in the U S looking at the state that our country's in and, and the things that are going on is depressing. And that tends to bleed over because we see that constantly. We're fed that through the media every day. Yeah. And so once you turn off the TV and go to work, you're still looking for that same, your mind is still looking for similarities or, or, or coincidences yeah. within your day to match yeah. up with what you're fed 24 seven. So True. that 
that psychology kind of blends in with with your work and in everything else but and i think that the fact that you see it as a planet problem i think is a bigger picture i think that's paramount because if we look at it as you know a, a minutia an industry mm-hmm. problem or an industry attitude we're missing the whole bigger opportunity yeah. because it's not it's a it's a societal problem i think it is absolutely it is yeah yeah, I mean, like everywhere is struggling, you know, energy prices going up, inflation, climate change, politics, you know, I think of the UK at the moment, it's in a, a really dire situation. I mean, last year, we had three, three prime ministers, you know, it was just like, that was you know, crazy. All, like, yeah, absolutely. You know, it was, yeah, really, really disruptive. And again, coming back to young people as talking to my kids, it's my eldest one in particular, you know, he's just so depressed about the situation, you know, how can he ever afford a home? You know, he's got a good job, he's got a good salary, but getting on the property ladder, how can he have, how can he be able to afford to have a family and so on? So, yeah, and there is, and also like when we're, when we're constantly, when we're around the media and what it feeds us, just as you said, I think that's where we need to come in and intervene and actually protect ourselves. So I know for me, you know, I am limiting, completely limiting myself, you know, and, and the spirituality plays into that as well, because that's where you're feeding yourself, like the goodness, you know, that's your nutrition and, and your, um, your defense against the toxicity that is out, out there. You know, what the media wants you to, to think about, the drama that it wants mm-hmm. to get involved in you know for us to be more at peace and to raise our vibrations you know mm-hmm. so we we really need to be protecting we're we're more healthy we're more happy and full of joy you know when we are better protecting ourselves from these things these external factors that are out there and it doesn't mean to say that we don't have to go and look at the news and read the news and keep up to date but we have to we Channel. do have to ourselves yeah absolutely yeah. yeah yeah that's kind of you know I, I try to limit myself on news although my yeah. my passion for geopolitics has kind of put me off off the train uh train rails for the past year with you know russia and everything going on yeah. um but the the negative news that that i really hate to see you know all this media coverage of you know the the killings that went on at that college and just all the negative negative stuff that <laughs> since I've been an adult have been force fed. And yeah. when I remember when, I was, when we were kids, like we didn't have that problem. Like it was rare. You would see something like that on the news, but they spend hours. And once music, once a uh, uh, news went from, you know, uh, five o'clock to, you know, the national news at seven, that was it. It went to 24 hour news feeds on Fox news. Yeah. So now the kids are getting like flooded with nothing but negative information and that that vibration you're talking about yeah i I think it's important for people to learn you know what that is um because when it comes to meditation and and putting out into the world what you want to get back yeah i think knowing those principles are huge and i think that things are probably going to get worse before they get better before the awakening i think that things are going to get distraught and it's going to be a struggle um, like we've never seen before but i I think the endpoints can be amazing yeah we'll rebuild you know where yeah things that things are crumbling things are changing you know whether we go into a war or whatever but yeah things things need to it's a cycle isn't it it's just the the life 
and death cycle. It's just that everything has a time, but things are, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. And so that's why tools like meditation and mindfulness, yes. you know, are so necessary spirituality as well. You know, it's all of that is so, so needed right now so that we can better protect ourselves and so that we are more resilient. And so we can contribute rather than being pulled down with this toxicity or being pulled into the drama and then becoming, you know, really ill or being divided and agitated and defensive. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not, it doesn't make you feel good. I'm sure no one in that state feels good. So better ways of being are really yeah. important for us to learn. Absolutely. And I try to surround myself with people like that too. Um, Richard Time, I had the opportunity and the honor of interviewing him on the podcast and talk about spirituality, talk about someone who's come from the roots and the foundation of what spirituality is wow. into our world of cybersecurity. It, it's just, it was such a refreshing conversation to hear it come from a man that used to be at the cloth, you know? Yes. Wow. I'm going to have to check him out. I don't know about him, but yeah, that's amazing. It's, um, yeah, it's so good. It's exciting when things like that happen again. <laughs> so yeah. was he a clergyman? Yeah, he, he was a clergyman. And actually, I believe in the UK, um, his name is Richard Time, and it's spelled T-H-I-E-M-E. And he, he writes novels, one, one being uh, Mobius, a memoir. But he's been a speaker at DEF CON for over 20 years. Oh, wow. That's and he, he's the nicest gentleman I've ever met in my entire wow. life. And great to talk to you. Wow, I'm going to check him out. I really like that. I really love I think, that. I think you'd like him. Maybe, you know, introduce yourself and, and start a conversation. He's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks so much for that. Cool. Absolutely. Well, we've come to the end of our, our hour. And I really, it was an honor to have you on again, Jane. I, it made my day, to be honest with you. Oh, thanks. It was so good talking to you. And talking about these topics, you know, really important. It was, it was just really nice to do that. Thanks so much for having me on, on your show. Anytime, Jane, just give me a give me a note and say you want to jump back on. It's yours. Amazing. Thanks. Cool. All right. Well, have a good day and uh, I'll let you get back to, to your everyday life and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you for coming again and everybody have a great weekend. Thank you.